listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm going to give you five uh, confessions to carry you through 2024. These are must-speak confessions. Um, But uh, I shared a testimony in church this morning, and if you didn't get a chance to hear this, absolutely amazing, amazing testimony. Uh, Many of you know Zach that works with us on the Miracle Word team. Uh, He and his family started a business here in Florida when they came down that's like uh, it does ceramic, you know, for the ceramic for vehicles, uh, wraps, tents, all, you know, tinning, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and uh, they just saw something this week on their metrics in their software for the company. And it said number one, and they were wondering what that meant. And when they called their rep for the company, the rep was like, are you serious? He started looking into it. They found out they were the number one company in the world shop in this company in all metrics for growth. And they said, normally a shop grows at about a hundred, 105% or so, uh, growth metric. They're growing at like a thousand fifty percent and it's like their business is exploding and expanding. God's put his hand of favor and blessing on it. Um, it's just stuff. And what I, what I was talking about was that this would be a year that we see uncommon things happen, uncommon things. This is so uncommon that the rep couldn't even believe it. And uh, it was blowing my mind as he was telling me all the things. They're doing so well with the company that the um, corporate office was like, Zach, will you go out to California this year to the conference and speak to the all the reps that are coming out nationally to the conference and just tell them how you're able to do what you guys are doing down there? You know, when you have a normal conversion rate for your sales of like 30% for a normal shop and your shop's doing 90% conversion rate, I mean, it's blowing people's minds. How is this kind of stuff happening? And it's because the Lord puts his hand of favor on you. And when God's hand of favor is on you, I'm telling you, you can't explain the things that happen. You just can't explain it. All you can do is shout, dance, laugh, you know, cry, whatever. It's just so good. God's so good to his people. And we're going to see uncommon things just like that happen this year for us. And it's going to be uh, unexplainable. It's going to be unexplainable. So I want you to set your faith in that direction. And um, as you know, what I've told you many times as we've studied this, what we say is important. You know, what we speak is important. Hey, Greg. Hey, Vera. Hey, Tammy. Good to see you. Victoria. Uh, As you're jumping on, share this broadcast. What we say is important. What we speak. And um, I've got these five things that I want to share with you tonight, these confessions. I feel like if you weren't, you know, raised in this, like, for example, if you didn't, if you didn't start in this kind of you know, uh, charismatic Pentecostal Christianity, many times I don't think people are leveraging the power of their confession enough. 
I think sometimes people allow their confession to slide. They don't leverage the power of what they say or aligning their words with God's word. But if, if you didn't, maybe if you didn't, weren't born into this kind of a family or you didn't, you've not been around this for a long period of time, you may need to discipline yourself to begin to just say on a daily basis what the Bible says, to confess what the Bible says. That's why, you know, Carolyn felt so strongly about this that she released a book about it. Uh, many of you have it. It's called Lines, Confessions That Create Boundaries Your Enemy Cannot Cross. You know, um, I was thinking about this because she started that just by putting up confessions on Instagram and people were seeing them and they, you know, people started to ask, could you just compile all of these confessions, you know, into, uh, like a book. And so she did, uh, with some teaching behind it, but people don't leverage the power of confession like they should. And, uh, I want to, I want to just encourage you more than ever. Let 2024 be a year that you're saying what God's word says. Amen, Scott, that we're saying what God's word says. And so tonight I want to give you five that are non-negotiable, that as you go on through this year of open heavens, I want you to begin to say these things on a daily basis. I'm not just going to give you the confession tonight. I'm going to give you the scriptures behind it, why we believe this, why we're saying this. And uh, it's, it's important. Because no, notice something with me. The Lord wants us to be different than everyone else. He wants to make a distinction between us and the world, between those who serve him, those who do not serve him. And I'm telling you that one of the things that makes us different is that we believe we can have what we say. We can have what we say. We can have what we say. There's no question about it. This is a principle, by the way, that Jesus taught. It's a principle Jesus taught. God bless you, Carl. And, and if you have your Bible, Mark 11, you know this uh, because we've covered this before. This is one of our theme scriptures. In fact, this was Brother Hagin's life scripture. Mark chapter 11. I, I actually want to start reading in verse 20 uh, because... There's a reason Jesus was saying the things that he was saying to the disciples in this passage. That's why it's great to, it's always best to read things in context. I'll start with Mark eleven twenty. 20. Um, if you don't know the story, back in the 12th verse, Jesus saw a fig tree that he thought had fruit on it because it had leaves. And when he got close to it, he realized it did not have fruit on it. And the Bible says, that because he saw, he cursed it and said, may no one ever eat fruit from you ever again. And um, now you come to verse 20. After Jesus gets done cleansing the temple, they walk past that same fig tree again the next day, the next morning. And the Bible says, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. Didn't take long for Jesus' word to work. They saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. So Jesus takes this moment to then use it as an object lesson to teach his disciples. And he says in the 23rd verse, yeah, truly. Or excuse me, let me finish with verse 22. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. 
okay, have faith in God. So then he explains to them what that will look like when they have faith in God the way that he's teaching here. He said, have faith in God. Verse 23, truly I say to you, whoever says, whoever says, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received and it will be yours right? So Jesus is teaching them what it looks like when you have faith in God. Because if you have faith in God, then it will most readily affect your words. If I have faith in God, the quickest thing it's going to affect is what I say. Oh, it'll affect what I do. It'll affect the actions that I take, but quickly it's going to affect the way I talk. There's no question about that. If I've got faith in God, you're going to be most readily able to see it through what I say, how I talk. I get around people and I'm like, I can't believe, I thought these were faith people. I can't believe the stuff they're saying. I can't believe the things that they're allowing to come out of their mouth. I can't believe it. I absolutely can't believe it. Uh, our pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas, he uh, went to the hospital, you know, during the time that few years ago when everybody was being hospitalized and everything. And he went to see somebody that was truly, he knew them to be a faith person, a faith person. In fact, this person was a minister and uh, had ministered for many years. And when Bishop went to visit him in the hospital, you know, he had all the problems in his lungs and his congestion, all that stuff. And uh, he went to pray for him and believe. And the guy said, no, I'm going to die in here. Just take care of my family. And, and uh, Bishop Rick was blown away that the man would talk like that. And he, he said, to, you know, all these years and you understand faith and you understand the word and you've preached the word and that's going to be your confession. That's going to be your confession. Oh, no, uh, you know, I'm going to die in here. Just take care of my family. You know, I, I'm, I'm done. That's your confession. And he was blown away that this was the man's confession. This is the man, how the man's going to talk. Well, just like he said, man died in the hospital. He, died. he didn't have to, but he'd made up his mind and notice what happened. It affected his words, what he said. Affected his words. And so what happens is that you can have what you say. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you'll receive them and you shall have them. So understand something. What we say is important. Jesus was teaching this, but it didn't stop with Jesus. It went on to the apostle Paul teaching the Corinthian church. And he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, he said, we have the same spirit of faith as it is written. We believe, therefore, we speak. There it is again. Then Paul said, we also believe, therefore, we also speak. So notice, he said, my believing affects my speaking. My believing affects my speaking. That's the first thing I want you to put in your notes and in the comments tonight. My believing affects my speaking. My believing affects my speaking. Jesus taught it. Paul taught it. The church understood it. My believing affects my speaking. The, the first thing you're going to see change when my faith changes 
you're going to see my words change. That's why I don't, I'm not flippant with my words. I don't just say what everybody else is saying. Well, you know, we, we better just wait and see. I don't know what's going to happen this year. And, you know, things could take a downturn. And, you know, I don't know. You know, the future's uncertain. And I just, you know, I, got, I know the stock market. We're, we're about to step into a recession. I'm telling you, I just know it. Don't stop talking like that. Stop talking like that. Your believing affects your speaking. You know the reason I don't say what everybody else is saying? I don't believe what everybody else believes. <laughs> That's the reason I don't talk like everybody else talks. I don't believe what they believe. I'm not a parrot. I'm not a CNN parrot. I'm not a Fox News parrot. I'm not a CNBC parrot. I don't just say whatever anchors say on the news. I don't even watch the news. I don't have cable. I don't watch the news. I don't get a newspaper. I'm not subscribed to any news sites. Because <laughs> I don't believe what they believe. I don't say what they say. I say what the word of God says. Well, you know, I'm getting older. And, you know, as I'm getting older, I need to get checked up because I'm more likely to have prostate cancer. I don't talk like that. I don't talk like that. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. I'm not at all likely to have any form of cancer. You know why? I'll tell you why I'm not likely to have any form of cancer. Because I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in my physical body. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost and fire. It's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And that spirit is resurrection life. And that, that same spirit is running through this body right now running through my bloodstream, running through my organs, running through my brain. I mean, everything is being touched right now by the power of the Holy Ghost. He quickens, gives life to my mortal body. He, he destroys cancer cells. He destroys tumors. He destroys viruses. The power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not likely to have it. I'm very, very unlikely. I don't have what the world has. Amen glory to God. I'm not going to have it. It's not coming in this body. It's not coming in this temple. This is filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And so I'm going to give you these five and I'm going to give you verses of scripture. I want you to put them in your notes, put them in the comments. And, and I want you to just make these like, you know, make these like the default. These just come out of your mouth every day. You just come out of your mouth. You get up and you think about it and you just begin to say it. You know, we have it for our kids every single night before we go to bed. I make sure we lead them in a conf confessions of faith. And every night before we go to sleep, I'm powerful. I'm wealthy. I'm wise. I'm mighty. I have honor. I have glory. I have blessing. I'm healthy. I'm thankful. I'm bold. I'm a leader. I'm pure. I'm holy. I'm pure. I'm holy. I'm generous. I have favor. I have self-control. I make them say I'm pure and I'm holy twice, <laughs> twice in a row. We go through that confession every single night. Teddy says it. Brooklyn says it. Maddie says it. We lead them through it because what are we doing? We're saying what the word of God says. We don't say what the world says. I'm going to step on some parental toes tonight, but there's, there's, there's stuff you know, not because we're these weird parents that don't let our kids watch things. No, no. There's certain stuff, though, we don't let our kids, even though it's a kid's movie. What was that What was that movie that mommy didn't want the kids watching that was a Pixar movie? Uh, With all the, like, little um, feelings. Inside Out? 
Inside Out. Inside Out. Why? And then they, I think they just put out like an Inside Out 2, right? Yeah. Who was the new feeling? Anxiety. I saw it in the preview. The new feeling to join the gang is anxiety. Anxious about everything. Yeah, that's what our kids need. To just be told, you have all these feelings inside you that want to take over. And you got to learn that different feelings are going to take you over at different times. And one of them's anxiety. <laughs> no thanks. No thank you. What? Oh, because the, the girl that was the star of the movie, the kid, turned 13. And so now because she's 13, new emotion, anxiety. No, no thanks. You can keep all that nonsense. You can keep all that nonsense. Anger's in you. Anxiety's in you. Fear's in you. This is what they want our kids to think, know, live. Not all my kids. Not all my kids. No, anxiety's not in you. Fear's not in you. Anger's not controlling you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And so I'm not into that. We speak what the Bible says. I'm powerful. Powerful. No, there's times in our weakness. No, I'm powerful. Because God may be powerful. Christ made me powerful. The Holy Ghost makes me powerful. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Not weakness, power. And that's right. We're not led by our emotions. We're not led by our feelings. That's not, that's not us. We're led by what the Word of God says. So I want to give you, let them become like a default in your spirit all through this year. And take, take these confessions and every day just begin to speak them over yourself and over your family. And I'll give you the verses. Number one, confession number one. Put it in your notes. Put it in the comments. First confession for 2024. My favor with God gives me favor with men. Hallelujah. My favor with God gives me favor with men. My favor with God gives me favor with men. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to expect it to come to pass throughout all of 2024 and beyond. I expect to have favor, not just with God, with men and women here on the earth. Amen. Amen. How do you explain it? How do you explain it when somebody gives your ministry television time seven days a week and doesn't charge you a dime for it? How do you explain that? Somebody gives your ministry <laughs> television time to run your television program for months and months and months and months and months, seven days a week and doesn't, and actually plays that broadcast 16 times a week and doesn't charge you a dollar for it. How do you explain that other than I've got favor with God and with men? Got favor with God and with men. Can't explain it. Can't explain it. I got another TV contract right here that I'm about to sign sitting here on my desk. And this TV contract that'll run me into 2027 is so ridiculously low that it doesn't even make sense. When I tell you this is so low, the favor that's on the paper that I'm holding in my hand, this favor is, is so insane, it doesn't even make sense. 
And the guy said, I want to lock you in. I want to make sure that we lock your program in at the lowest possible rate. He said, I'm giving you such a low rate that the president of the organization has to sign it and sign off on what I'm doing for you right now. This doesn't make sense right here. And this will carry me for the next three years. Actually, the next, yeah, runs me into January of 2027. So next three years at, su at such an insanely low rate. How do you explain that kind of stuff? I'm going to give you such a low rate that the president of the organization has to sign off to see what I'm doing. <laughs> favor with God, favor with men. Amen. My favor with God gives me favor with men. That's going to be your story. That's going to be your story. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Okay? This is going to be your story. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So as I do what the Bible says... I'm not only gaining favor with God. My favor with God gives me favor with men. That's your confession number one for 2024. Katie said, I witnessed this very thing today. A store lost power and was going to have to throw away food. Instead, they called my mother and asked her to come get it. Bless others because they know her and the work she does for God. Many received sevenfold from this one thing. Amen. Amen. My obedience to the word of God does not just give me favor with God, but with men. That's what the Bible says. It's look, look again at verse four. So you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man and man. This is not some invisible thing that only shows up in heaven that we won't know about until we get to our eternal reward. No, this is something that shows up now here on the earth. You've got favor with God, which gives you favor with men. Hallelujah. You ought to say it. You ought to say it every day. My favor with God gives me favor with men. And then expect that favor to manifest every day of your life. Hallelujah. Every day of your life. Do you know the, the house God put me in when I got here to Florida and finally we were going to buy a house? The, the house God put me in, by the time I got to that house, the owner of the house dropped the price $100,000 and then paid all my closing costs. <laughs> Favor with God and with men. Thank you very much. I'll take it. Thank you very much. I'll take it. Let me just say, don't ever be the person either that when that favor shows up in your life, that you say you can't receive it. Oh, thank you, but I, I couldn't receive that. Thank you for thinking of it. No, no, no. Receive that thing. Receive that favor. Don't let false humility keep you out of the favor God has set aside for your life. When somebody shows up to bless you. Now, I know. I preach the same thing. I understand that true prosperity is not God send people to bless me. It's God send me to bless people. I get that. But you better know that according to scripture, as you walk in that covenant, people are showing up to bless you. 
People are showing up, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Blessings tracking you down, chasing you down, it will find you where you are. Goodness and mercy are following you. The blessing of God is overtaking you. Praise God, Carl. Favor. So don't, don't uh, allow yourself to be a person that says, well, no, thank you for thinking of us. I, I, I mean, that's just too much. I couldn't receive that. You'll never hear me say that. You're never going to hear me say that's too much. I can't receive that. I've given too much. I know. I got harvest coming to me. I got harvest coming that don't make sense. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got harvest coming that don't make sense. So your favor with God gives you favor with men. Gives it to you. Just it, It's part of your covenant package. Expect it. Expect it. Don't expect to jump through all the hoops everybody else jumps through. Expect it to be different for you. Expect favor. Expect favor on your job. Hallelujah. Expect favor with your, uh, if you own a, a, a company, with your employees, with your clients. Expect favor with your family. Expect favor. Everything. You should expect favor to show up. It's part of your covenant, part of your package. It's part of your benefits package, your inheritance. Amen. 2024, we're going to see some serious favor. Serious favor. Like we've never seen before. Like we've never seen before. <laughs> There's so many stories that are happening even at Miracle Word Church, so many stories of favor that are taking place. And I just keep giving God thanks and praise and stuff just keeps showing up and things just keep happening. I told you a story last week. Somebody in our church said, you know, I was believing God to sow for the crossover seed and uh, we were going to sow 10,000 and we were going to give the five we had set aside and pledge five for when it came into our hands. They got home that week. And a check from a company that she hadn't worked for in 20 years was in the mailbox when she opened it, 5000 <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you right now, favor. And, and you can't explain it. That's uncommon. 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 We have a salesman in our church that sells boats, sold a boat for a guy and did it so well and handled it so well that a company called and said, we saw how you handled that. This customer wants you to sell his boat and we're willing to spend $300,000 to ship the boat from where we are to where you are so you can sell it. Uncommon. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. How do you start a business out of nowhere and you move to a new place, start a business out of nowhere. There's already established businesses in your area doing the same thing. And all of a sudden you've got a thousand fifty percent increase. <laughs> Favorite doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Amen. So you declare it. My favor with God gives me favor with men. That's what the Bible says. Number two. I want you to write it down, put it in the comments, second confession to carry you through 2024. I am unlike this world. There's your confession. I am unlike this world in every way, shape, and form, every metric. I am unlike this world. Thank you, Jesus, that I am.
I'm unlike this world. Hmm. Second Corinthians chapter six, I'm unlike this world. <laughs> I don't look like this world, smell like this world, walk or talk like this world. I don't have what they have. I don't do what they do. I don't go where they go. I'm unlike this world. Listen to this now. Second Corinthians chapter six and verse 16 and 17. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Look at verse 17. Therefore, go out from their midst. One translation said, come out from among them and be separated. Be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you. Verse 18, I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord God Almighty. Notice that. Come out from among them and be separate. Do not touch the unclean thing. So God's looking for people that are separated. We're taking steps to be unlike this world. And then God, by his power, makes you look unlike this world. I've had people straight up ask me, how is it that you are never sad? I've never seen you sad. I've never seen you depressed. I've never seen you in a bad mood. <laughs> I've had people actually say that to me. I've never seen you in a bad mood. Are you ever down? Literally, I've had people ask me that. Are you ever down? Every time I see you, you're happy. Every time I see you, you're smiling. And then you have people say stuff like this. Every time I get around you, I just feel better. Every time I get around you, I just, something about you. Then you have people that are unsaved. I get this one all the time. I like your aura. I really like your energy. I like your vibe. <laughs> it's not a vibe. It's not an energy. It's not an aura. That's called the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. I like your aura, man. I like your energy, bro. <laughs> it's not energy. It's not an aura. It's not a vibe. That's the Holy. You're feeling the Holy Ghost and his power. You're feeling that peace. You're feeling that joy. That's the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Come out from among them and be separated. Be separated. Look what, and again, this confession number two, I am unlike this world. I am unlike this world. And you forever will be. In Jesus' name. Uh, what does it look like to be separated? What does it look like to be different and unlike? It looks like this. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Well, that's everybody else in the world. Getting their, their counsel, their advice from wicked people. That's everybody else in our generation. I get my advice. I do what celebrities say to do. I do what the news says to do. I do what the culture says to do. I listen to so-and-so's podcast. I do what Joe Rogan recommends. Getting your advice from the wicked. The counsel of the wicked. I don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. I don't do what everybody else is doing. I'm not letting that direct my life. So what does it look like to come out from among them? I'm unlike this world. I don't do what everybody else is doing. Amen. <laughs> Maddie was doing a project for school today and she came into my office and she said, I have to ask you some questions for school. I'm doing a, a, a report. I said, all right, go ahead. She said, have you ever had alcohol for any reason in your life? Have you ever drank alcohol? I said, no. And then of course it's a Christian school. They want, they want the person to answer and give scriptural reasons. So I gave them. 
And people look at you and say, wait, wait a minute, you've never drank in your life. You didn't drink even in high school, even at parties. No, I never drank. Never drank. Never did shots, shots, shot, 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 shot. I never had shots. Amen. I never had a beer. I've never had a beer in my life. Ever. Never had a wine cooler. <laughs> I never even had a Zima when it was popular. I never had that. Never had a hard lemonade. So you're telling me you've never drank in your life. I'm telling you I've never drank in my life. Ever. It's not because I didn't have opportunities to drink. I've had plenty of opportunities. But I'm unlike them. I'm not like them. You're telling me you've never smoked weed ever, ever? <laughs> Nicola, I'm guessing you meant shots. <laughs> ne you've never smoked one joint. You've never had any weed ever in your entire life. Never, not even in high school. Never. I've never. Never had a white claw, Giselle. <laughs> nope, I've never smoked weed. Never, ever. Never had it. <laughs> I mean, I've done a lot of meth, but I've never had, no. <laughs> never had it. It's never entered this body. I'm not like the world. I'm unlike, I'm unlike the world. And I mean, thank God that's part of my testimony that God kept me even at a young age from the time I was a boy, all through high school, all through college, but God's kept me. And that's, and many of you came out of that lifestyle, but now you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away. We're unlike the world. We're unlike the world. Amen. I have no child support payments to pay. None. Praise the Lord. I only have the three kids that I know about. <laughs> the three kids that are in my house. I have no child support payments to pay. I don't have to send checks all over the world. My wages are not garnished. <laughs> I'm not like the world. I don't take my counsel from the wicked. Oh yeah, Tim. I've smelled plenty of weed while I was preaching. but I, It was just two weeks ago in church. Two weeks ago. Strong. Wafting through the sanctuary. Wasn't the Rose of Sharon. It wasn't the Lily of the Valley, I can tell you that. It was the sticky, icky, icky. <laughs> oh yeah but God separates you sets you apart come out from among them and be separated says the Lord I'll be your God you'll be my people it's different I'm unlike declare, declare it declare it I'm unlike this world I'm unlike this world totally unlike this world I'm not, I'm not going to have what they have I'm not going to look like they look. I'm not going through the same crises they go through. None of that. None of that. It's not my story. It's not your story. So declare it. I'm different. Okay. Not only do I not walk in the counsel of the wicked, I don't stand in the way of sinners. I don't do what sinners do. I don't do what sinners do. Okay. So listen to this. If you don't do what sinners do, why should you have their reward? If you don't do what sinners do, why should you have their outcome? Doesn't make sense. God doesn't reward his faithful people the same way that unfaithful people are rewarded. So if I don't 
number one, walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Number two, if I don't stand around with sinners or stand in the way of sinners, meaning do what they do, my life shouldn't have the same results then. And finally, I don't sit in the seat of scoffers. I'm not those who mock God and his ways. I'm not one of those. I don't mock God. I don't mock his ways. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I'm finite. He's infinite. And so I don't mock them. I don't mock them. I think it would be a very foolish thing to mock the ways of God. Though people do. There's plenty of people that do. Plenty of people that do. But because we don't do those three things, look at the rest. People that don't do those things, but they delight themselves in the law of the Lord and meditate on that law day and night, they're like trees planted by streams of water. I've been touching on this this week, that bear fruit in their season. Their leaves do not wither, and in all that they do, they prosper. Amen. You People here prosper and they only think money. It's not all prosperity is. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter 10, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and, and, that's a big and, my friend, and adds no sorrow unto it. That's a big and. That's a big and, and adds no sorrow. I don't want to be Robin Williams. Do you? Is that prosperity? To have that money and be a celebrity and not want to live on the earth, to want to kill yourself. I don't want to be Chef Anthony Bourdain. Do you? To have that job and be on national television and Netflix and paid and have restaurants and all that money and staying in the best hotels and resorts and eating the best food and found myself dead in my room because I don't want to live. I don't want to be Michael Jackson. Do you? Problems through my whole life. Tons of money. Bought the Beatles catalog of music. You know you got money when you can buy all of the Beatles songs and own them. You you want that life? You want to be what he was like behind the scenes? You want to have that in you? No. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and, that's a big and, adds no sorrow. So I'll take the blessing But I'll also take the no sorrow. You know why? I'm unlike this world. I am unlike this world. Thank you, Jesus. I'm unlike this world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank God we are. Because it means that God has made a divine distinction in us and that he will show himself strong and mighty on our behalf. What we have, we have what the world cannot have. And we have something the world can't take away. That is powerful. Not only did the world not give it to us, they can't take it away from us. Thank you, Jesus. That's number two. Number three. I love this one. Get this one in your spirit, man. Put it in your notes. Put it in the comments. Confession number three. My body is unusually strong and healthy. What a confession. My body is unusually strong and healthy. You say, why do you say unusually strong and healthy? Because I got people watching me right now that are older. I got people watching me tonight and will watch the replay that are in their 60s, in their 70s, in their 80s. 
You say, why are you saying unusually? Because when you get to a certain age, the world says you won't be strong and healthy anymore. You get to a certain age and there's an expectation from the world for you to be weak and sick. And you're not getting weak and sick. Your body is unusually strong and healthy in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Strength and health is yours in the mighty name of Jesus. So you declare it every day. My body is unusually strong and healthy in the name of Jesus Christ. Unusually strong. You say, how will it look? It'll look so wild to people. They'll say, hold on, how old are you? How old are you? They're going to ask questions like this. You're not on any medications? <laughs> You're not on any medications at all? Hold on. How old are you? 73? You're not even on blood pressure medication? You're not, you're not taking insulin? You're not on any medications? Nothing? It'll freak them out. My body is unusually strong and healthy in the name of Jesus Christ. So, well, I don't know if that's possible. Oh, it's possible. It is possible. Deuteronomy 34. Deuteronomy chapter 34. Let's look at verse 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor was unabated. I feel like there's somebody watching tonight that needs the New Living Translation. Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 7. Let's look at the New Living Translation just to give you even a better picture here. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Moses was 120 years old, yet his eyesight was clear and his and he was stronger than ever. His strength never left him. His eyesight never dimmed. Glory to God. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. What a testimony from Beverly. Since I'm fasting, I've not been on medication. Thank you Jesus. Number 3, my body is unusually strong and healthy. Do you know, I was looking at this. Now we're talking Old Testament stuff here. That's Old Testament stuff. Psalm 105. Look at this. I love reading this. It's a picture of redemption in the Old Covenant. Psalm 105, verse 37. Then God brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was none among his tribes who stumbled. One translation said there was not a feeble one among them. Nobody was weak. Nobody was stumbling through the Red Sea as, as he opened it for them. They came out of Egypt, free from slavery, free from poverty, free from sickness and disease, free from weakness. Thank you, Jesus. Picture of redemption. Free from slavery, that's sin. Free from sickness and disease, free from poverty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So declare it. My body is unusually healthy and strong. Amen. That's going to be your story all through this year. Whatever was hanging on you before this year is falling off of you to stay gone forever in Jesus' name.
Whatever harassed you before this year, it stays gone in Jesus' name. It loses your address. It loses your number in the name of Jesus Christ. Number four, put it in your notes. My children have uncommon wisdom. Now, if you don't have children, take it for yourself. I have uncommon wisdom. But if you got children, declare it over your kids. My children have uncommon wisdom. I mean, you can declare it for yourself too, even if you're the parent. I have uncommon wisdom and so do my children. In Jesus' name. I have uncommon wisdom. I have uncommon wisdom. You know, even Jesus began to receive this. You know, Jesus was not born with the ability to be, or what would be the word I would, I would use here, um, omniscient. Jesus wasn't born omniscient. He laid aside some of his godly qualities and had to come through life as we do, as a man. Though he was all God and all man at the same time, there were godly qualities he laid aside. And he didn't know everything as a human. He knew, he knew what God revealed to him, but he didn't know everything. And the Bible says, Luke chapter 2 and verse 40, that he had to become strong, and then he had to become filled with wisdom. Let me read this to you. Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Speaking of Jesus. And the child grew and became strong. So he was not omnipotent from birth. He had to become strong in the natural realm. Then he had to get filled with the Holy Ghost before he could produce miracles and, and release supernatural strength. The child grew and became strong. Look at the next part. And filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. So even Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. Even Jesus did. And so your children are growing in wisdom and in stature. My children have uncommon wisdom in Jesus' name. You want to expand on that? My children can solve problems other children can't solve. My children will solve problems for companies. My children will solve problem for problems for people, solve problems for the culture, solve problems. I mean, my children are problem solvers. My children will solve problems in the kingdom of God. There'll be nothing that goes beyond my child's ability. They're increasing in wisdom. They'll, one of the, you know what, what I pray every night when we're praying for the kids, I say, thank you, Lord, that my children have wisdom beyond their years. And they do. My daughter is the only one here in the studio with me tonight. She's running this entire broadcast, every portion of it. She's recording it. She's directing. She's switching. She's doing every, every aspect of this broadcast. At 13 years old, she has wisdom beyond her years. I couldn't direct a broadcast at 13. I couldn't operate video equipment at 13. I couldn't, I couldn't edit videos at 13. My children have wisdom beyond their years. Amen. Wisdom beyond their years. Say it every day. <laughs> Let me tell you, your kids are not going to be the one working at Target, that can't count out people's change. Let me just say that to you right now. 
your kids are not going to be the ones at Target that can't count out people's change. <laughs> what coins make 47 cents? It's not going to be your kids. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm live, Jawbell. <laughs> it's not going to be your kids. Your kids are going to have wisdom beyond their years. I had to go there, Ben. <laughs> Standing there for 15 minutes while they're counting out change for 47 cents. <laughs> She'd be like, keep the change. I got to go. I've got to go. Yeah. Your kids are not going to be the ones like I dealt with one time at Taco Bell when I said, I would like to have a crunchy taco with sour cream on the side. And when it came out the window and I opened the wrapper, it was a crunchy taco and they had put a, clunk, a, a chunk of sour cream on the side of the taco. <laughs> what is going on? You took a clump of sour cream and put it on the side of the taco. That's not what sour cream on the side means. Oh, uh, help me. Please help me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can't make this stuff up. Can't make this stuff up. But it's not, it's not going to be your kids. That's not your kids right there. That's somebody else's kids that doesn't serve the Lord. My children have uncommon wisdom. What kind of uncommon wisdom do they have? They have the mind of Christ. They have the mind of Christ. They have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amen. Number five, put it in your notes. Get it in your spirit. Say it on a daily basis. You ready? Number five, the seeds I sow will become increasingly larger. Glory to God. The seeds I sow are becoming increasingly larger. I know Vera, I love to use that, that phrase, that phrase for people. Wisdom has been chasing you, but you've always been faster. <laughs> Wisdom's been chasing you, but you've always been faster. The seeds I sow will become increasingly larger. Second <laughs> Corinthians nine. That makes me laugh. That's just like such a Highbrow way to insult somebody. Wisdom has been chasing you, but you've always been faster. 2 Corinthians 9, Paul's teaching on this seed sowing. Look what he says in the sixth verse. In the sixth verse, uh, Paul, Paul writes, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. All right, so the question becomes, do you think that the Lord wants you to reap bountifully or sparingly? Well, the obvious answer is God wants you to reap bountifully. He wants you to have more than enough. Okay, so how does that work? Well, go down to verse 10. The Bible says he, that is God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness, verse 11, and you'll be enriched in every way. Not some ways, every way. But I want you to hear what I'm about to say. He 
who supplies seed to the sower. So that means God is actually only supplying seed to sowers. My dad used to say, people come and say, Brother Ted, I don't have anything to give. He'd say, don't tell anybody. You're, re- you're revealing the fact you're not a sower. If you've got nothing to give, you're revealing the fact he didn't give you any seed. And if he didn't give you any seed, it's because you're not a sower. No, no, no. He gives seed to the sower. So here's, here's I'm going to give you my behind the scenes here. Here's me in 2024. Lord, thank you for all that you allowed me to give, sow, tithe in 2023. But now, I mean, he's seen our hearts. He knows where we are. He knows who we are. His eyes are upon us. But now, Lord, I'm asking you, as you know that I'm a sower, I switched this up years ago. Put the largest seeds in my hand this year that I've ever sown in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to get into a sowing flow that's supernatural. And that's what happened to us last year. We got into a sowing flow that was supernatural, mind-blowing especially with all that's going on, mind-blowing, mind-blowing. So watch this now. I'm asking God. So why well, you say, why are you asking him? Well, a couple reasons. Number one, he already knows I'm a sower. And it's his desire that seeds be sown into the kingdom and that the kingdom advances. So God already knows I'm a sower and he already knows what my heart is. I have a heart for the kingdom. And so now I'm asking. You say, why are you asking? Because the Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. So now I'm asking, Lord, put the largest seeds in my hand this year that I've ever sown and let me be the largest sower in 2024 that I've ever been. I don't even have, watch this now. First of all, you don't pray for finances. You don't pray for finances. I don't need to pray for finances. Why? Because harvests answer to seeds. Harvests answer to seeds. To seeds. I'm going to say that again. Harvests answer to seeds, not to prayers. Harvests don't answer to prayers. They answer to seeds. You can pray till you're blue in the face. You got to get something in the ground. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. You can pray till you're blue in the face. God, send me a harvest. Oh, in the name of Jesus, send me a harvest. I pray my harvest. No, you can pray until you're blue in the face. Get something in the ground. Harvests don't answer to prayers, they answer to seeds. Amen. Harvest. So my prayers changed years ago because I used to pray like that. I used to pray and say, God, bless me this year. Let this be the most blessed my finances ever are. I pray you give me the biggest harvest. And the Lord said, stop praying like that. He'd say, he said to me, every harvest follows the call of a seed. It answers like when you call a puppy. Your seed is calling out for your harvest to come. It's a magnet. I want you to put it this way in the comments. My seed is a magnet for my harvest. My seed is a magnet for my harvest. No question about that. There is no question about that. My seed is a magnet for my harvest. Watch. It's impossible for my harvest not to come when my seed goes in the ground. It is impossible for my harvest not to come when my seed goes in the ground. 
So I'm praying differently now. I'm praying, Lord, put the largest seeds in my hand that I've ever sown in, in this new year, largest seeds, because you give seed to the sower. See, how do you know he'll do it? I'll tell you how I know. Because the Bible says if I'll be faithful over a little, he'll make me ruler over much. If I'm faithful over a little, he'll make me ruler over much. Well, I've been faithful over a little before. I started tithing when I was five years old. Five years old, been faithful. I've never robbed God. I've been faithful over a little bit. I can remember as God increased my giving. I remember big time. Because those moments hit you. They hit you in your flesh, and your flesh feels it because it's the biggest thing you've ever done to that point. So I remember the level up moments. I totally remember it. I totally remember it. I remember the first time I sowed a $100 seed and then did it again. And then it became common. I was like, wow, $100. I honestly thought at that point, like, man, I've hit that 100 mark. I mean, where are you going to go from there? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I was young. but I was like, $100. My God, $100. It hit me different. First time I ever sowed, I was like, man, this is a whole different level. Revival's coming. <laughs> Faithful over little. Then God makes you over much. And then I can remember, can I give you this? I, I always try to share this with people because this changed my life. It changed Carolyn's life forever. Do you want to know, outside of just pure obedience to the leading of the Spirit, do you want to know the secret that gets people to a level of blessing that is uncommon, the secret, now I'm talking about besides being led by the Spirit and He gives you a number and you obey what He says, the secret is introspection. I never knew this. I never knew this. And I want to share it with you tonight. The secret to uncommon blessing in your giving is introspection. Most people never go there. I'll explain what I mean. Most people don't like to turn the camera on themselves. How am I doing? How am I doing? Is this please? So what are those two areas? The introspection areas you have to always look at for your seeds. Don't, don't get outside that. Don't get outside that and get into some routine where it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. When you get introspective, ask yourself a question. Here's what we start asking. Changed everything. All right. Does this seed still take faith? I don't, the, what, what I'm talking about right now has nothing to do with your tithing. Tithing's a whole different ballgame. We know what the tithes are. It's 10% of your gross income. You don't ever have to pray about that. You don't have to wonder about that. It is what it is. It doesn't change unless the amount changes. It's just... 10%. I'm talking about your giving above and beyond the tithe, your seed sowing. First question, that introspection is this. Feel it in your spirit. As I'm getting ready to release this to God, does this still take faith for me to do? Or has this become common? That's the first question. This changed us, man. It'll change you. Does this still take faith to do? Or has this become common? You say, what do you mean by common? It means that you can do it without thinking about it. Woo! It means you can do it without thinking about it. 
one of the most mind-blowing moments of my life. And maybe my wife, I've never asked her how she felt about it. Is when my wife and I realized that this, the level of $1,000 seeds, sowing $1,000 seeds, became common to where it didn't affect our faith like it used to. That right there was a turning point in my mind because this is when I started to realize it. This is when this flipped. And we're getting ready to give again. I was like, hold up. Hold up. This doesn't take, and my wife and I talked about it, this doesn't take the same kind of faith like it used to take. It's not the same. This is now becoming common. It seemed like every other offering we were putting $1,000 in. Every other offering, put, it felt like, this, is this still taking faith? It, it doesn't feel like it moves us anymore. I had to get introspective. Had to get, this doesn't feel like it moves me anymore. So the question becomes, okay, if it doesn't move me, if it's not moving my faith, then the next question I have to ask is, is this still pleasing to God? You say, why would you ask that? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if I wasn't given by faith anymore, if I wasn't in a place before God where it was like, man, this, I'm doing this, this is taking faith for me to do this. It just became common. If I can, listen, if I can sit there and write a check and just put it in and not think twice about it, if that can leave my life and I never even feel it, it doesn't, it doesn't move me. You think that moves God? That didn't take any faith. That didn't take any faith. And so I was like, hold on, we got to make some changes here. Then my wife and I talked about it. So we found an area. I mean, you, you level up, you level up. I said, all right, what's an area care that's going to move us to a place where it takes faith again. And then I remember the first time we ever sowed $2,500 seed. Ooh, that took faith. That took faith. And then we were hitting that area. I remember I was sitting on the front row of a, a, a revival service one time next to a great man of God. And I was preaching. I was the preacher. They were supposed to receive an offering for me. And I heard the Lord during praise and worship, during praise and worship, he said, you sit down on the front row and you write that man an offering for him personally for $2,500. You write it to him personally for $2,500. And I was the preacher that night. I sat down quickly and wrote that man a check. He was older. He was in his 80s, still preaching. And I handed it to him. I said, God bless you. The Lord told me to do this for you. He didn't even look at it. He just put it in his Bible. <laughs> and then we were back in the office later and sitting and talking. He said, oh, you gave me a, an offering, didn't you? And I said, yeah. He said, oh, I'm sorry. Let me take a look at that. And he pulled it out of his Bible. And he looked at it. He looked up at me. He said, son, I didn't know I liked you that much. <laughs> he said, I didn't know I liked you that much. Just did what the Lord said. I can remember, but there came a time had to change again. I remember when we first sowed five thousand dollars. I remember it clearly. I remember clearly when we first sowed ten thousand dollars. Clearly remember it. And God continues to increase you. Always. So, if you can hear this tonight, hear it. Introspection is powerful. It'll answer two questions. Is this thing I'm getting ready to release to God, does it take faith or is it common? So watch this now. If it is also common, if it's also common, does it carry honor? 
That's the second question. If it's common, does it carry honor? Because what I do for God, I want it to be honorable toward God. Honorable. <laughs> I can't, you know, if I get something for my wife, I want it to be something that honors her. If I bring her a gift, I don't want to come home and be like, you know what? Happy anniversary to you, Carolyn. I was at the store. <laughs> I was at the store today and I picked you up this beautiful can of spam, which I know you'll love. Happy 18 year anniversary. <laughs> Is that an honorable <laughs> gift for my wife? Huh? I would sit there and look at that. Carolyn, you've spent wonderful 18 years being a great wife. I knew when I saw this that you were going to love this can of Spam. And you may think that's all I got you, Carolyn, but it's not. I also picked you up a six-pack of socks, which I know you'll love. Because you wear socks, right? You, you wear socks. And so I knew that these socks would be a blessing to your feet. <laughs> There's no honor in that. 18 years, 20-year anniversary, coming home with socks. 20-year anniversary, coming home with a can of Spam. <laughs> Carl said a spirit of slap would come over her. <laughs> Frank said you may not make it to 19 with that gift. It's very true. Why? There's no honor attached to it. So those two things, watch, watch now. When I'm getting ready to do something for God, remember, I put him first. He puts me first. I say, Lord, number one, does this still require faith to do or is it common? And if it's common, is there even any honor attached to it? Is there even any honor? Do you know? I'll just tell you this. We can laugh about it. <laughs> I have seen, and, and if you've, and if, please don't let me be the only one. If you've seen this happen, put a hand up in the comments section. I've been in church services where people made change in the offering plate at offering time. Think about that. Coming to the front, I have a $20 bill. I would like to put that in and take a $10 bill out. <laughs> Do you have change for a 20 in the offering plate? I've seen people make change. Because you know what's going to happen is that they're going to leave there. Okay, you gave your $10 to God. And then you went out to Outback Steakhouse after the service and dropped $80, $100 on your lunch and made change so God could get 10. That's rough. That, my friends, is rough. There's no honor in that. That's actually dishonor. That's dishonor. Now, let me say this because there's people watching. Everybody's at a different level. So I'm just... Me only reason I'm mentioning amounts, it's not because there's amounts. Everybody's at a different place of faith. Everybody's at a different place of ability. That's why, let, let me read you a scripture, okay? If, if anybody's wondering, because I'm not telling you what to give. I'll never tell you what to give. The Holy Spirit does that. You can be introspective and know what takes faith and what doesn't. But, but notice this. 
this is an important verse of scripture in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's why if you come to Miracle Word Church, if you attend Miracle Word Church, or if you ever visit Miracle Word Church, you will never feel compulsion. You'll never feel manipulation to give, ever. Not one time will I ever put pressure on people. If you don't give, this church is going under. If you can't give today, I need 10 people to give 10,000. I need five, five people that are going to, who's, give me five. Who, raise your hand. Who's going to be five that will give 1,000? I need you to come stand over here. I'm going to pray. You'll never see that. You'll never see that. Manipulation and pressure. You know why? Because the Bible says each one must decide in his heart how much to give but not because of manipulation or pressure, because God loves a cheerful giver. I'm not the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you what to give, and everybody's at a different level. Now listen, I could go in there into the service and say, I just believe everybody in this service today is supposed to sow $1,000. There will be some people that are in the service that they'll sow $1,000, and like I said, they won't even feel it. We have multi-multi-millionaires in our church. We have multi-multi-millionaires at Miracle Word Church. They could sow $1,000. They'll never feel it. Won't affect them one bit. Won't even take faith. But that's what the preacher said. I believe everybody in here is supposed to sow $1,000. Okay. Well, God told them to give $30,000. So we can do now. They have to disobey the Lord to obey the preacher. But then there's other people in Miracle Word Church. If I said everyone in here is supposed to sow a thousand, they'd have to go rob a 7-Eleven in order to do it. Because they're not at that place yet. But they're headed there. And so not everybody's at the same level. You understand? So each one must decide in his heart how much he's going to give. That's what the Bible teaches for that reason. Because everybody's at a different place, which means God's speaking to everybody at different levels, which is why you have to be introspective and use this principle I'm teaching you. Does it take faith? Does it show honor? Those are two things that have to be on every offering that you give. Faith and honor. Faith and honor. Faith and honor. Amen. And see, your, what you give to God, it has not, it's not compared to what somebody else gives to God. It's not about comparing seeds. We don't compare ourselves among ourselves. That's not what it's about. I'm giving you examples. I'm giving you something to follow in your life, but I'm not telling you what to do. You have to understand where you are determines what you do for God. And then when you're faithful in that level, God takes you to the next level. And you are increasing in 2024 in the name of Jesus. Confession number five, the seeds I sow will become increasingly larger. The seeds I sow will become increasingly larger, increasingly larger. Whew, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's time to just get your words full of power on a daily basis and confess the word. Watch as God changes things by the power of the word that you're speaking out of your mouth. Your faith can't remain in your heart. It has to come out of your mouth. It's the last thing I'll tell you tonight before we pray. Say it, write it, put it in the comments. My faith can't remain in my heart. It has to come out of my mouth. My faith can't remain in my heart. It has to come out of my mouth. Has to. Has to. If it's going to produce, 
If it's going to put something out into the world, it has to come out of your mouth. Jesus' mighty name, it's coming out. We're going to speak like the army of God in 2024. And we're going to see breakthroughs and turnarounds and it won't make any sense and it'll be uncommon and it'll cause people to stop and look at the goodness of God. It'll be mind-blowing. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that a new faith will come out of their spirit in 2024. Lord, as we open our mouths and begin to declare what the word of God says, I thank you that supernatural turnarounds are already beginning. You've already started and behind the scenes, Lord, things are already working and we're gonna see your plan quickly come to pass in 2024. Lord, I thank you that you're opening doors that previously were not open in Jesus' name. You're doing things for us, in us, and through us that were not happening before. You're making a way where there was no way. Opportunities are coming available to us. Opportunities that are literally doors that are opening. And we'll see it quickly come to pass. Lord, I pray that you would do uh, uh, things in our families that we've been believing for, our children, our loved ones that are not saved. Lord, as we prayed at church this morning, our loved ones are coming into the kingdom of God quickly in Jesus' name. This is our year of open heavens. We stand under open heavens in the name of Jesus Christ, and we are going to see miracles, signs, wonders. Miracles, signs, wonders. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you and we give you praise. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.